Uh, that is right. This is another episode with Safety with Purpose. That's Safety with Purpose podcast. You are joining the number one safety podcast in the galaxy. We're trying for the universe, but we're going for the galaxy right now. Thank you very much, you safety Sherpas out there. We appreciate what you do for us to keep us safe. This is all about you. This platform is all about you and the companies that keep us safe. So let's get going. we got a long interview happening here. So let's go. We don't have time to waste. We never have time to waste. You don't have time to waste just because you're trying to keep everybody safe. So that's what that's all about, right? Anyway, coffee in hand. I'm ready to go. I'm enjoying these interviews. And I'm once again, thank you very much for joining. But before we get going, you know what we got to do. Tailgate talk number one. Okay, so I'm rooting around safepedia.com. That's safepedia.com. And I'm going to guide. And I'm really interested in these, what's, you know, checklists and guides and things that just really get you started on the right foot, ready to go, ready to be safe, ready to accomplish your task at hand. And you don't have to try to recreate the wheel. So I go to guide, safepedia.com, and here's the ultimate guide in hydrogen sulfide, H2S, and it's the silent killer. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, it's all there. It's a white paper. It's, it's everything that you need to do to make sure that you've got that all nailed down and safe for your employees, for your company. That is the ultimate guide to H2S. That is out on safopedia.com. Okay, this interview, because it's long, I don't have time to dilly-dally. It's with a young lady by the name of Tamara. That's T-A-M-A-R-A, Paris. And uh, we're going to be talking about youth and safety. And, uh, and she is with Safopedia. And we're just going to just go right into the interview. She does a great job. She knows what she's doing. And you know what? What's going to happen? She's going to have her own Women in Safety podcast on uh, Safety with Purpose. And we're going to focus in on women in safety. And she's going to be running that herself. So that's really a great thing. So this is Tamara Paris, everybody. And uh, enjoy the interview. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Safety with Purpose. And we've got Tamara Paris. And she is with Safopedia. And when you know what we're going to be talking about? Of course, we're going to be talking about youth and safety and your safety, and Tamara brings to the table tremendous street cred, and we're going to have a great conversation. How are you doing, Tamara? I'm good. How are you, Scott? I'm well. Thank you very much. It is a beautiful day down here. What's it like up there? You're it's out of Toronto. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Toronto, and it's sunny up here. And congratulations to the Raptors. How about that one? Yeah, thank you. Were you Go pretty Raptors excited go. about that one? You're, Absolutely. Wait, 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 are you following them? A little you, bit, but not that much. Were you out there with the other two million people in the streets uh, celebrating it? No, but I heard them from my condo. Oh, come on. <laughs> you just, when is the next time the Raptors are going to win the NBA? No, nah, it's not going to happen anytime soon because you, you guys are going to get decimated. Just Probably, but we won this time. I so we'll take it. the street stuff. Oh, well. Hey, the listeners of Safety with Purpose want to know a little bit about your background, your street cred. Why don't you give them the 411 on who you are and why you're such a spectacular safety professional? Well, Scott, I actually started in social work my career way back when, working with seniors who have Alzheimer's and then people who were homeless on the street. Oof. And um, it is an interesting journey into safety for me because I was actually uh, down in Rotan owning my own internet cafe and I was working with some gentlemen putting up 
satellites on people's houses. And the very first person that we were doing was a, um, a construction owner. And uh, we got our ladders up and everything. And, and we didn't know anything about safety. Like most people don't know anything about safety in the world. And we started to set everything up. And he came out and he said, hell no, not at my house. And that was my very first introduction to what health and safety was. And from there, I've done um, health and safety in construction, in uh, helping set up um, surveillance cameras, as well as in retail, grocery retail. Now, uh, because I really like this topic that we're going to be discussing today, and that is uh, truly uh, youth and safety. Uh, the reality is, from a from a macro point of view, we're going to need we're we're going to need pay people to be able to fill those jobs. We can't just throw them into it. And I remember looking at your form, and you have uh, a specific moment in time that truly altered your professional uh, direction. Can you sort of share with the listeners of uh, Safety with Purpose what that was? Are you talking about the incident that happened at Metro? Uh, Mississauga store. That's right. Is that so Metro? That's a, well, that's an interesting story because I'm actually yeah. a single mom. And so at the time, I was a deli worker working part-time in the store um, to make some extra cash for Christmas. And I was doing health and safety in uh, CCTV and construction. And unfortunately, in the Mississauga store, they had a 17-year-old young man who, and I, for privacy reasons, I won't say his name, who died um, when a store manager and an assistant manager had him go up above a refrigerator to clear out boxes. Now, both the assistant manager and the worker um, did not know that they were climbing in a confined space that had certain safety protocols to be following. And even at that time, um, the store manager wouldn't have been fully aware of what he was sending up people. And for me, when I heard about this as a safety professional, that was just downright scary. And, yeah, uh, so you get this individual, he, he it's a he, right? At the yeah, yeah it's a he. And uh, there was an issue and the uh, people in charge says, oh, hey, go up there and fix it. Without any knowledge of any confined space requirements, any knowledge of elevated positions, so no. what was that root cause of outside of all of that, the, the, the young man falling to his death, which is this was a death. Yeah. What was the root cause? What happened outside of the education aspect and not knowing anything, which is one problem, what happened? It's, I think it's a bigger societal issue is that people go to work with a preconceived thought that everything's going to be okay. And if, my, if I'm advised to do something, then just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And, you know, we say as safety professionals, you're responsible for your own safety. But then we but, also but have to- Tomorrow, we live in the real world, right? I'm just telling you, we live in the real world. That's right. And, and I don't want to lose my job. And if somebody, if some uh, person up the echelon says, I got to go do that, I don't want to lose my job. So I'm going to no, go. Absolutely. That. And I understand that. And that, and that is the, the critical point is that we as safety professionals 
say to people, you're responsible for your own safety. You have to do a stop work. You have to do all this. Meanwhile, in the real world of the worker, they are um, marginalized part-time workers who aren't getting any benefits and most of them are just getting minimum pay. So they have no power in the workplace. And so before, you know, there needs to be processes put in place that before workers are even asked to do certain jobs, they get a clearance from the health and safety department. See, this is, this is a real uh, catch 22, right? Uh, time is the enemy here for any business. We got to get it done. We got to get it up. We got to get it uh, working, whatever the, 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 the urgency is. So time is always, uh, and we got to make more money. And everybody's in business, of course, want to make money and want to, but how do you begin to change? And I, we're going to talk about youth and safety, but I, I'm serious about this. How do you begin to change? Uh, if I am, uh, uh, if I'm a low level, let's say, uh, worker, and somebody tells me I got to go in an elevated position, here's your, I can't, I, I'm telling you right now, as a youth, I'm not going to say anything. Right. Here, here's your harness, get up there in the elevated position in the whatever confined space or whatever it is. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to balk at it. So it always fascinates me because you've got to get it up that ladder and say, no, we do not compromise whatsoever and we're not going to put that 17 year old 18 year old that youth in any harm or anybody in any harm's way and that's why i say that it, it's a bigger societal issue where in society we have to value a safe workplace mentality and just as a manager you know view having the managers fully educated to be able to assess and be able to decide what is the risk factor of this job. It's not for the health and safety to um, keep all of this knowledge and information as the, the special individual in the organization. We need to disseminate it so that other individuals can learn from the knowledge we gain going to school and the education that we get so that they can do their jobs better and safely. So in my, in my stores, in my work environments, I'm actually talking to managers about assessing risks. Okay, if, if you're going to be doing something, let's look at what type of risks are we putting our workers in, into and how can we mitigate that? So that's a totally different way of thinking. Okay, so I always want to talk about the past, present, future, where we go and what, what are the challenges. And we're talking a lot about the challenges, but... Here's the past. I was a journeyman lineman. I started from the ground. We called us grunt groundmen all the way up through an apprenticeship program that took four and a half years to get to the point where I could truly run crews and stuff. Four and a half years of training, mm -hmm. intense training, yeah. right? And I was never put in a, and this was many, many moons ago, many moons ago. I was never put in a position of, of put, you know, you, you make one bad decision, you know, it is your life in that sense. So we've been talking about safety forever. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we're constantly talking about the same stuff again and again and again. And it drives me absolutely crazy. You would think we would progress 
to the point where that is important. And we haven't. No. And no. I don't I don't I don't know what the silver bullet, hate to use that analogy, but I don't understand. I don't know what it is to get the attention. Because we're putting people at risk, and it's even worse today. And I'll give you an example, uh, Tamara. Uh, let's say uh, fall protection. When I was a lineman, our fall protection was just our gaffs and, and you know belt, and we just climbed. We didn't fall. Today, we still have falling fatalities. And we have equipment that is working to prevent that more and more. And we still have fatalities with falling. I don't have an answer. It's in the top. Falls are in the top. Bingo. Still. Bingo. <clears throat> I, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and even within companies, even with corporations preaching with the, the, the posters that are all plastered all over the company, hey, safety first, safety first, safety, whatever, blah, 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 you want to go home, all of that stuff. When, when something fails... It's all hands on deck. I don't care about the safety. Get the thing up and running. Is that, a, is that an accurate statement today? Well, yeah, it is an accurate statement. And I think that we're maybe focusing on the wrong things. You know, posters. And what are the right things? Tell me what the right things are. Posters and slogans are not going to make employees think about safety. It'll motivate me. I'll tell you that much. You know, because you just walk right by them. But conversations... Those are, if somebody is doing something unsafe as a manager and you see it and you stop and you, you take the time to connect with that employee, talk about what is the risks involved in the way that they're doing something, because the manager should have a lot more years experience in order yeah. to share out. Yeah. Taking that moment in time and educating. I don't think we're doing that as much anymore, Scott. I, I agree with you on that, and unfortunately, I do agree with you. Okay, we've we've been on the soapbox, and, and I think it's uh, clearly understood that we can always do a better job. And I don't think that there is ever a uh, a day that you can let your guard down when it comes to safety. And we just got to commit to it, and it's got to start with the top. And that top individual has to walk the walk. And I think you you got to walk the talk. Walk your talk is your personal motto. Mm -hmm. Now. As we mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, we're talking about how do you backfill? How, what do you do to bring in young people? But more importantly, how do you keep them safe? And, yeah. in, and in the past, I think there was a lot more training. What is it today? What, are we, what are you seeing from a, a youth and safety perspective? Well, I think we need to be um, connecting with youth where they are and getting them involved in the conversation and bringing awareness as to what the dangers are that they could be facing when going into the workplace. Where are the youth then? You mentioned that. He says, where, where are they? What, what, what is it? I'm, I'm 17. I'm 18. Uh, I'm going the, the trade route. I'm going into operations type stuff. I've got a great opportunity. Where am I? Usually they're online in different types of chat type of um, applications. Uh-huh. So, so they're more digitally connected. That's right. And when they're... And we've uh, got to be more digitally connected. See, this is what's interesting. When we start talking about the youth and how they... First off, what fascinates me is their ability to be able to process information in a different way. 
uh, growing up being an old codger like me, I had my way. I'd have to go to the library, which I, I do they even exist today? They do, but, um, and find out. The, the level of instantaneous information capability is spectacular when it comes to the youth today. They just do it naturally. I need to know, boom, got the information, I understand. And, and the way they look at problems, process problems and challenges, completely different than when, when uh, for me growing up. I think that's a benefit. I think that's an asset. Are you saying in, in this particular uh, case today, uh, meet them where they're at and provide uh, information platforms that suit the way they process information? Absolutely. So we're talking Absolutely. online, we're talking yeah. like... And mostly it's on their cell phone. Yeah. How many teenagers do you really see carrying a laptop? Uh, nobody. I mean, I, I have a 14-year-old, and he, he kind of laughs that we're using Zoom and, and go to webinars still. Well, he, To them, this is so archaic. Well, no, you're just going to have to set his mind straight on the Zoom thing. It's fantastic. You're I know. Welcome. we Our generation loves it, but <laughs> he kind of gets a giggle out of it. Yeah. And then he lists off a whole bunch of other apps that they use, and they're all phone-based. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and that's pretty spectacular. So, so one, we've got to keep the youth safe. We've got to be able to backfill because uh, there's this um, – what do we call it? I want to say gray tsunami. People are retiring. People are leaving. Intellectual yep. capital is uh, leaving the corporations. Dwindling. And you, you've got to have systems in place to be able to uh, retain that information so that there is a transition, a, a decent transition from the young people coming in and so that they understand what's going on. Um, where do you see the future going? I mean, where, I mean, I see it today. We've got to do a better job. We just got to do a better job at safety. We just do. Well, I think that, um, health and safety professionals need to start recruiting. Then, you know, who's going to, who, who, who can be taking over health and safety once you are departing, look for that, um, talent, that emerging talent and mentor them, coach them, share your knowledge with them. And it doesn't have to be just one individual, it could be several individuals because those, those young people can go to other companies as well in the same industry. So again, it goes back to, instead of having that cop mentality where you're walking around the workplace telling everybody what to do and how to do it and doing a check list, moving back and being more of a mentor and a coach when it's necessary. Yes, maybe you may have to be a little bit firm handed about the compliance, but that's not an everyday thing. We need to be sharing and educating more daily. I mean, like going on to the floor, when I was at Metro, I would be talking to workers at their station and, and sharing information. Right. And it was amazing how when you treat adults like adults in the workplace, how they start to own things. 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, uh, a wrench in your thought here. And the reason is, is that the real world, uh, if I hire a safety person, mm-hmm. right, that safety person is a cop and prevents any safety related incidences. And that, and I, I make it clear that that your, your, the HSC individual is the cop, but they're not a cop, around. but that's, that's that that's is the, the mindset issue. that's out there. You know that. I know it's the mindset, but it's not get. You just said that we've been doing the same thing. Yeah. For so maybe the mindset needs to be altered. The culture needs maybe to be altered. Maybe we need to have the employees watching out and being educated in order to identify, like Mark Mann talks about, you know, identifying the deviations of the norm so that they get excited when they bring it to you. Right hold now, on. I want to uh, sort of make sure that you hold on to that thought about Mark Mann. Is that a book? No, that's a person. A book, okay. But, but you know, right now, we've even got in some workplaces, people are scared to even report something because yeah. everybody yeah. has a, a goal of getting zero. Uh-huh. How does that encourage people to come forward and doesn't, share? Doesn't. I'll tell you right now what happens here in the United States is that uh, we have OSHA and yeah. uh, we're supposed to do a little, okay, OSHA, check, 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 check. We that, 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 blah, blah, blah. And we go through that list and that's our focus. It's not safety. It's just oh. complying with the OSHA <laughs> and making sure OSHA doesn't get on our back. So we just comply with OSHA and not try to truly change a culture from what it is today to a really safety centric culture. We just don't. And up here we have our Department of Labor, Occupational Health and Safety. Check, 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 check. And yes, we could do or I could do my job with a list. Absolutely I could. But then I'm the only one running around with the list. Or I can include the other people in the workplace, work collaboratively with them and have it as a common goal that we're all trying to uphold, management included. Right. Right? And then everybody really owns it. So here's a real challenge based off of that, that safety. We have established the necessity. I think it's a, it's got to truly, and I mean embraced from the top down. It's got to be at the top. You've got to begin to truly uh, uh, modify that culture to a more culture-centric organization. Now, this is sort of a silo mindset. What about uh, multinational con- uh, companies? That's a big deal. Like all over the world. If I go to Thailand and I have stuff manufactured in Thailand, I guarantee you their safety parameters are different than uh, the ones up in Canada. Yeah, it could be. Unless you make it part of your organizational culture. And this is just exactly the way we do things around here. Uh, and then that's right? the approach. From so it doesn't matter if you're in Mexico, in Thailand, in yep. Canada, in the yep. U.S. This is how, and I'm not saying safety culture, because again, that's siloed. I'm talking about organizational culture. Yeah. CEO should be able to work, walk into a workplace and be able to talk safety. Right. And I mean, I'd, I'd be challenging CEOs out there to be doing that. Like so many times when I was in a corporate retail space, the executives will come in, 
They don't talk to the workers. They just move through the environment as if nobody else is around them. Right. They don't even don the correct PPE for where they're going into. Right. How do yeah. you tell me that you back up right. safety when you don't even put on the right PPE and show respect right. to the workers? And why are the workers going to do it if you don't? It, right? Once again, all roads lead to the top. And the top individual has to walk the walk, talk the talk yeah. from a safety culture point of view and a organizational point of view. Uh, it, it, if it does not, it's, um, I was interviewing a gentleman uh, talking about the broken window theory. That's a broken mm -hmm. window. If you're, not, if you're not walking the walk, talking the talk, why in the heck should I? And, and that, that conversation and that information spreads across your organization. Hey, he doesn't care about ear protection. Why should I? He doesn't care about I protect. Oh, I, well, I don't care. I'm just, just running out there real quick. I'll come on back. It's not a big deal. Let, let me share something with you. When I was working in, um, in the corporate retail world, um, I had a, a head honcho corporate manager who did the whole region, and I looked after the store of 150. And um, the people would come up to me and ask me all questions about safety and we'd get the legislation out or the regulation and we'd read together we'd read it together and then other employees would be joining in you know this is what we did on coffee breaks right and so my my supervisor safety manager said why is it they come to you but they won't come to me and I asked him a question I said do they know you can you do you know who they are do they know you and they didn't right? because as the safety manager, what he did was he came through the store, he did his checklist and he moved through departments and, and everybody was just floored because again, when he came into a food area, he didn't put on a hairnet or anything. <sighs> he believed that he was entitled because he wasn't handling food. Right. Just go through it. Right. And so the employees see this and say, well, if you're not going to respect the rules of our workplace, why should we respect what you're asking us to do? Now, what he was asking them to do was life-threatening. Um, like, Crazy. You know, if in the way that, let me put this again. What he was asking them to do was to protect their lives. Right. For example, not lighting the pilot on the pizza oven. And the reason for that is because of the blowback of the gas onto your face that sticks and then your face can light on fire. Dang. He didn't explain any of this to them. Dang. He just said to them, don't light the pilot. It's not your job. Get right. somebody from maintenance to do it. Right. And I looked and they're like all shaking their head going, it's a pilot light. I'll light it. So I knew somebody who worked at the gas company and I had him come in. And I had him talk to them about the way the, stove, the, the pizza oven works, about the, the mechanics of it, about the chemicals in it. And it was a whole learning session that not only people in the Fresh To Go were listening to, but people from different areas of the store started to come in right. and listen to him. Right. And he, he took time to answer their questions. It ended up being about an hour. The staff were interested in learning from somebody who treated them respectfully. I think, I think the point that you're bringing out is, is there are safety rules, like don't light the pilot light, but there's context behind it. 
exactly what's real important here uh tomorrow we've got to wrap it up so i want you to provide the listeners with just one one parting remark for them to sort of log into their head as they continue to go forward in their safety journey do you have something like that it just goes back to you know share your knowledge yep share your knowledge with 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 other people be it management or your employees so that they get the context and then they can share it forward. You're not on site all the time. So wouldn't it be better to have your employees sharing the knowledge as opposed to you being the only one who retains it? That's exactly right. I like that a lot. Okay, listeners, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize it real quick. One, you are in control of your safety. So if you don't think that what you're going to do or what you've been asked to do, you step up, and you, you make it known that, that, hey, it's a problem. We need to do something better than this. So you can control that no matter what happens from, a, from an organizational point of view. And you need to do that with a level of confidence that you're doing something right. And then that brings in to Tamara's point of view, context. Give me the context around what you're trying to do. The other thing is that bottom line, if you're going to truly – Get beyond the posters that are out there that are saying, hey, safety first and all that good stuff. It has to be charged and also lived by the people up at the top to be able to understand that, you know, everybody is responsible for safety. So that's how I sum it up. And youth and safety, yeah, I think it's real important that you understand the necessity to be able to be safe. There's a lot of information out there. And I'll tell you right now, safepedia.com has every bit of information known to man about safety. How's that? That's pretty doggone good. So anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Stay tuned. I'll be on the other side of this particular conversation tomorrow. You were wonderful. I love the topic that you were discussing here. Thanks, Scott. It was great to be here. Excellent. Thank you very much. And, and you listeners out there, stay tuned. We'll be right back. As an industrial professional myself, I was always passionate about sales, marketing, branding, expanding the marketplace for my company. That's what the Industrial Talk platform is all about. It's about you, the industrial company, the industrial professional, and your legacy. Increasing sales, gaining greater exposure on what you do and how you and your company changes the world. Go out to industrialtalk.com. That's industrialtalk.com. Contact me. Let's have a conversation to see how we can work with you on improving your bottom line and that you can be a part of an ever-growing network of industrial companies focused on expanding and growing and leaving a legacy. I hope to hear from you soon and be safe out there. All right, I have two words. Two words to say, and that is Tamara Paris. She did a fantastic job. She's passionate about safety. You can tell in that in the interview. She is very active on LinkedIn. I mean, with the capital B, she's very active. And you need to get a hold of her. She understands, let's put it this way, youth and safety, very important. We tend to throw people out there. We forget to uh, train them properly from a safety perspective. She's on it. 
And then, of course, she's going to be starting that uh, Women in Safety's podcast. I think that that is incredible. So she's got a lot of upside. She's got a lot of street cred. You need to reach out to her. And if there's anything that we can do here at Safety with Purpose, you got to let us know. We'll, 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 we'll do anything to help you be safer, help you get your message out, help you change the world in your passion to be safe. So that's what we're about. That's what this pay, uh, platform is all about. It's about you. It's other focus, other. So just reach out to us. We would love to have that conversation. As always, please be safe because this is a safety podcast. I've got to say that, but I really mean it. Be safe. And thank you very much for joining Safety with Purpose. We're going to be back with another great interview. So stay tuned. Thank you.